Today on the podcast, Rob Bell stops by to talk about his latest book, which I absolutely adored, called Where'd You Park Your Spaceship? There we go. How are you, friend? Hi, Eric. I just want to talk about the wall behind <laughs> you. I, I had a sneaking oh, suspicion that that would be happening. It's just, is it Funko Pop? So Funko Pop's over there, and then there's just random action figures and stuff back there. Wow, I mean, I have I have a, like a little kid robot action. I love it. I've got a couple but, of kid robots over there, too, kind of up um, in there. Just, you're, you're like an art. I got like one guy with an eyeball, and you've got like an, a battalion. <laughs> well, I've been stuck down here for a number of years, so I'm just kind of like making it a, making it a space, you know? <laughs> Fantastic. Five years ago, we were uh, we, we were talking about a documentary. Today, we are talking about Furtis. Uh, what a journey it has been for you. <laughs> we're a long way. We we we're are a long and, way from there to here. And I'm going to do my best. Um, Seth Godin, the marketer, tells this great story about being at a writer's retreat, and Stephen King is there, and Stephen's doing question and answers, and someone raises their hand and asks Stephen King what pencil he uses, as if there's some sort of answer. <laughs> in mm. right mm. um so i will do my best not to ask you about what pencil you use but i, I do want to all that stuff matters uh, that stuff's super interesting to me anyway go on it, the i am with you like the tool matters but like i think this person was like thinking if i just had that pencil oh, then got, i would right then got i would it. be writing Stephen. <laughs> right. right um right. but i want to go back because i want to tell you a quick story that when i picked up this book mm, mm, um yeah. millones cojones Three or four pages into it, I went, oh, this is this is doing something interesting to me. And by the end of it, I ended up with Heschel, which I had never gotten into, right? So there was an obvious jump there. And so I want to – and before I go back to the question, I want to say that I'm not quite sure what I'm supposed to do with this yet, but I have – I obviously had a much bigger response to this because of its complexity. And I, I, I want to say I'm not sure – how you're able to do what you're able to do in this space, but it's wonderful. And I want to ask, is mm. there any, for you, was there any technical connectivity, connectivity between Milliones and where'd you park your spaceship? Or is that a leap that I'm making that you weren't even no. connecting? No, I love how you say that. Uh, I love writing Milliones Cajones. That was the first time I had, written like a story and i loved it so much that i'm the first guy to like harp on a phrase like guilty pleasure like no you're fine just if you enjoy it. right but at the time i had such air quotes responsibilities duty debt obligation the thing i'm supposed you know yep. responsible adults and it almost felt it felt like a so I even almost like write it and seek. I did. I didn't tell anybody. I just did it quietly on the side. So when I started writing Where'd You Park Your Spaceship, it brought back all those old feelings of this is actually what I love. Is it okay if I just do, I don't know, like, like a young boy, like an innocent, tender, sincere young boy asking somebody like the universe, is it okay if I just follow this? Because this is the most <laughs> enjoyable creative experience I've ever had. Is it okay? Can I just do this? I'll do, I, like, I'm working out of my garage here. I'll work out of my garage. I'll do whatever I, I got to do to rearrange my life to follow this. And that was like, going to be, that was going to be one of my questions, Rob, was 
you had said in another interview that you had, you know, you spent your career dispelling, you know, like giving out people's uh, permission like slips, right? Like, like say, I call yeah. it, ex- yeah, yeah, yeah. Like here's your permission slip to create the the thing that you want to create, right? And then now here you are asking permission. Can I chase this? Um, and I I was wondering how many times has that happened to you before over the course of the many robs that we're dealing with, or was it maybe just these two times? Yeah, that's been a that's that's uh that's been a theme. You're like, we let's try it this way. Is that a yeah? I just, or even just a sometimes, oftentimes, there's the conventional way that it's been done, and something within me was like, yeah, we're not going to do it that way. We already, we already know that, don't we? Um, well, how would I do it? Well, this way, but you haven't seen it done that way, and it could really not work, and it could really be a train wreck. And yet, something within me is like, yeah, how else would you do it? like some sort of pathological itch to do it a particular way that I couldn't even really explain to you other than I'll know it when I see it. The book is a lot. And I mean that in the best way. Like I I know I've seen a number of reviews of people trying to explain it. And I was trying to explain to my wife as I'm heading down to do this interview. She's like, what's the book about? I'm like, the best way I could explain it to you without having a two hour conversation is if kid a was more optimistic, that's sort of what this book kind of did to me. Um, mm. you know, cause it, it's got, wow. a, there's a dystopian kind of ness hanging over it, but it doesn't really go there, which is one of the things that I think is so powerful about it. Um, and I want to start with, I want to, I want to start at the beginning. Cause I, for those who haven't heard you tell the story, I know you've told it a million times and I don't want to be one of the seven questions, but I feel like this one's important. Yeah. Can you go back and, and talk a little bit about how you got to starting the nexus of the story (laughs) yeah yeah it was like literally middle of the night somewhere between fast asleep and wide awake whatever that sort of lucid whatever and this guy this like a almost like a vision image something this guy is asking this guy where'd you park your spaceship and i just think remember the middle of the night thinking that's really funny and then like oh oh wait how does this one guy feel about this question that this other guy is asking where'd you park your spaceship he does not like this question's terror why is it terrifying like Instantly, I was in this like curious, inquisitive interview. Like, what, what, what is this? And there's there was like this little notepad in the clothes closet where you put like, "Don't forget the bread." Sure. And I the next morning, I I just think I remember writing down where'd you park your spaceship and this guy and what's the one guy's name? Dill Tud. Of course, Dill Tud. What's the other guy's name? Heen Grubers. Okay. Well, wait, there's a spaceship. What happened to the Earth? And over the course of I don't know how many days or weeks notepad just kept filling up like like fast like and i'd made a number of things over the years but this was coming in with such a like force and joy it's like oh and 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 i had done some other books so at some point i was like oh my god when i realized oh this is like multiple books and i have plenty to start like there's more than enough i know when you have enough to start writing so it was just all such a surreal. And so I just went about, I just started typing and it, I'd never had the other books a couple hours in the morning. And it was like, okay, can I go out and play? <laughs> um, and those are those like spiritual teacher energy has a certain explaining engine to it. You're, you're laying out, like I had a book called love wins, which is like in some sense, it's a thesis or an argument, like Sure. idea, a idea, B idea, C, and the mind is engaged in a particular way. And this, from the get-go was like, yeah, we're not doing that. Like almost like 30 years of muscles I built up 
were utterly useless. <laughs> or I would type and I'd look back on a 50 page swing and I'd have, I'd have like this flow of tears and not even really know what that was about. I just knew it was about something that I'd been carrying around or some. Yeah, it was all. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> That's like swept me up. And it reads like that. And, and I want to dive into the story because I've got a lot of questions and, and we'll start with Heen because, <laughs> because early on in the book, obviously you start building this one world that he's this one, you know, to use your phrase that yeah. you use on the Robcast, mm -hmm. this one version of Heen that's going to be multiple versions by the time we get to yeah. page 540. But in the, like, in the time between his losing his mom and losing his loved one and that whole world kind of imploding for him and him getting this gig, there's a space that you don't really explain until he lands, lands on Furtis, right? There's all these other places yeah. that he goes. Yeah. 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 But he tells a very brief story that made me ache a bit for his character at that point in the book. He tells this brief story about sleeping with a woman over and over and over and over again, and then just, oh. bo just bouncing. He's just gone. Yeah. 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 And yeah. And I thought to myself, okay, so here is this man who is closed off from his grief, but now it feels like he's traveling throughout the galaxy, delivering grief to others that he never gets to see, right? Because he makes it, he clearly connects to people and then he's just out of their life and he never yep. connects back to them until he lands on Furtis. And what I, the question I want to start with, and I've got a bunch of other questions, but the question I want to start with is sort of at the end, is when we get kind of the explanation of what's happening on this miraculous ah. planet. My <laughs> question is sort of a chicken and egg question, and perhaps like you haven't been able to explore this yet, but I still have a question that's asked 120 times to, in the book is, what is up with Furtis? Why does Furtis yeah, do good. what Furtis does? Right. Right. And one, when Dil Tud explains who all these people are, I'm left thinking, okay, but who is the first person to kind of make Furtis Furtis? Or does Furtis do it to that person, right? Does someone yes. go there? Yeah. Or does Furtis do it <laughs> right. to someone who's there? Yeah. It's great because you're, I love that you're onto that. Because do, are we sure that it's Furtis? R so, yeah, right. And when he says to you, like, he's been to 138 planets. There were bakeries and people on other planets. It's not like humans are that different. Right. So what is it about this place? And then think about your own Eric life and moments of awakening or moments when you saw something you hadn't seen, even if your own history or whatever, pain, loss, trauma, all the things that we, um, and we're like, oh my God, I've been, I've, I've had that glitch. Uh, or you have a longtime partner who's like, you know, you know, it's been a pattern in your life. And you're like, it has been. <laughs> um, and then you're like, is it this moment or am I just like the consciousness and the expansion and awakening of consciousness is a deep mystery. Like, why do we see things when we see them? Right. And well, like, and then I finally moved to wherever and I could finally, I could like get, but, but then another person stayed where you just left and they found, they saw it. Right. So I love that he is like, ah, he just keeps going Furtis, Furtis, the laundry, it's Furtis, these people on Furtis, they talk this way. Maybe maybe he he may have played something out he may be in enough pain he it, it may be all internal and he just keeps projecting it onto this must be furtis like so going back to your question yes furtis is furtis is magic um that may or may not make it different than other every other place maybe as well for someone else well because 
Yeah, because that was the, that was the other question I had is is when he arrives and starts to do Furtis, 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 he's also doing something else. And this is, you know, the the way that I, my silly brain makes sense of this is when you're making a character in Dungeons and Dragons and he's chaotic good, chaotic evil, or chaotic neutral, he's doing this kind of chaotic neutral thing where these human beings have all been on Furtis, but he is unlocking something in each one of them when he has an interaction. You know, if we just want to focus mm -hmm. on the bread, he's unlocking these, like, cheat codes in these human beings to, like, a different level. <laughs> um, so then I'm like, is, is it Furtis or is it Heen? Right, right. Right, 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 right. And if you keep, if you have a fundamental lens of separation in regards to your experience as an Eric or a Rob self, there's my interior, then there's the world out there, then you're just left with, is it this or this? But if you just move to the interior is the exterior. So why are there wars in the world? Well, because people have wars within them. And then sure. you get enough people together. So, so there is no border or boundary between this um, we should care for the planet. Yes. Uh, tell you what, let's each care for our bodies. Let's start there and watch what happens. <laughs> so the, this collective, there is no out there, out there. And his interactions with these people are all just bouncing back to him. All these are like when Nunez shows up and is like, he's like, How, you, you just come in here and you pretend and you like, we have this beautiful thing here in Furtis. And she's like, wait a second, you think you and I, <laughs> don't get a paycheck from the same people. <laughs> right. And and that whole that that whole triad is something I want to get to in a second, but but one of the things that stood out obviously because it's a major part of the book is Heen and this rosemary sourdough. So I want to start yeah. with a Rob question first, then a Heen question. And I want to know when you had your head injury, was Rosemary a part of that? Like, did you use Rosemary mm -mm. at all? No? Okay. Because mm -mm. there's just such care, not only in the bread making, which I love the the way that you're deftly showing how each one of these pieces is cared in a different, it's folded and proofed in different yeah, ways, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but my question about Heen is his love affair with Rosemary Sourdough, because we see what it does to Barbara and Javeen. <laughs> right yes. but my question is does he love this bread because it's it's effects on memory allows him to remember things he doesn't project outwardly he doesn't share with other people but he can eat like he can take this thing to kind of keep memories alive in him that he normally is trying to squelch down mm, mm. what a great read um well once again this is why i love doing interviews is because i all you people have such great interpretations that it's just, it's so enjoyable. Well, it's, I, what's funny when you say that, I hadn't thought about it. The first mention of it is in the job interview when she asked him, what's your favorite bread? And he's like, rosemary with sourdough. And then he's almost like, where did that come from? Right. So it's yeah, almost yeah. like the, the bread has some, it's obviously decades later from the experience with almost like the, his mother's like another life. Yep. And somehow that thing is still like with him. And in this, strange woman sitting cross-legged in this job interview he says rosemary with sourdough and she's like you're hired so he's even almost like it's like the tell it's like the where did that come what is that about that must be about something it's almost like you can see him going i have a apparently i have something called a subconscious right <laughs> once in a right. while right. in a job interview just speaks and um and then when uh javine wendor and 
Barbara Barbar walk out and Lan Zing says to him, almost like with a certain air of like wistfulness, like, you know, I did some reading and apparently it's good for memory. Maybe they're remembering why they, how they fell in love. You could just see that somehow this bread, which then becomes a hit. Sure. Right, right. Almost like right. the bread has a life of its own. All those times when things happen to us in life that are like, that's like a synchronicity, a coincidence. That's a curriculum, whatever. Certain things just have a strange power. Like they just keep speaking to us. And we don't even know why. <laughs> it's very strange how that works. I know you've said this in other interviews, but I want to I want to verbalize it and say that you've said a couple times that that all of the other pieces that you've been working on sort of feel like they're they're coalescing into this this work that you're doing and there's just so much in this book to unpack that it's it's one or one read is just not enough you've got to do mm. you know I just because there's just things like one of the things that stood out to me is this moment where uh, Borns is talking about his mom and the potato, right? She shoves the potato in her <laughs> mouth, right? But but then later on, Heen can't talk and has to develop a sign language with Borns, who's used to developing sign language because... Oh my God, no one has pointed that out. And I was like, that... I was like, this is this is spectacular that you, you know, Borns has this experience with somebody who cannot talk and has to create a language on the spot. And then here's another person with his wire jaw wired shut that has to create a language on the spot to talk to the people around him. I never noticed that. That's fantastic. <laughs> and, and it's their first real, they go out in the alley and talk. It's the first time they've really, he's like, I haven't seen the side of Borns yeah, before. Yeah. yeah it's I've, actually I've... their first connection is when he tells him that story. And then obviously when he does hit his, break his jaw and can't talk is a profound moment of connection. I had never put that together. That is amazing. And I want to talk about that moment because there's, for me, there was two things happening here. You have lines kind of doing a riff on the prodigal son, right? Pushing away from the father's rules. I'm going out into the wilderness. I'm going to do my own thing. And then it goes, oh, wow. It goes terribly wrong and he needs to be rescued. And when he comes back, it's a hero's welcome and he gets to build his own, right? Like that happens to him. But I've never even seen that. That's amazing. But then you also, you also have, well, one, this is why I love talking to you because it's, it's just like this jazz that we're just doing and people are going to watch <laughs> this jazz that we're, you know, um, <laughs> But then you have Heen, who's clearly going through this trial that is going to convert him, and you end it in a conversion, right? He arrives at the hero's welcome, and his hero's welcome is he breaks his jaw and is unconscious and seen, right? Like, that's his hero's welcome. And But when he wakes up, the whole world's different. He's different, the people around him are different, and the story goes in a different direction. And this is, like, that scene to me is the, that whole thing is the book, because that's when Heen sort of awakens awkwardly, right? As as I wrote down in my notes, like he goes to a guy, he goes from a guy who's observing but not seeing, as you point out, to a human being after he breaks his jaw who's feeling, and then Nunez shows up and now he can't do either of those things. He has no, like she just <laughs> rattles his whole world. He can't observe any, he notices nothing the entire time <laughs> she's around and doesn't know what to do with his feelings. And she's like, you know, the reports say you're good. Right. God, you miss so much. Right. Interestingly enough, uh, I didn't see him falling and breaking his jaw until he fell and broke his jaw. And I was like, 
I mean, whatever, like a Thursday afternoon, I remember thinking, wait, did I just have the main character who is the narrator bite off the tip of his tongue and now the main character now can't talk? So, like my narrator can't talk. So oh, that, you, I did. I did not see that coming. So that happened. Is, like, <laughs> what is that like for you? You know, I've seen you talk like this in other interviews, where like the art is driving the artist. You know, in a way. And you know, yes. what is that like for you? Where you're like, well, hang on, what's what's happening? My main my main character doesn't have a tongue and can't talk for a good chunk of the book. What is going on here? For you, what was that experience like creating in that way? For thirty years. I've like stood on stages and I knew exactly what, where I wanted to take you and what I wanted to say. And if I didn't, it would have not gone well, like preparation, rehearse, go over it again, fine tune it, hone it, get it to where, all right, for, I'm going to go on stage and for two hours, we're going to go somewhere together. Like, so I worked very, very hard to, to hopefully give people something meaningful. So to find myself creating a world where I kind of know where it's headed. I do know where it's headed. There are major scenes, there are movements, but also on any given day, I'm going to find out there's, a, there's an extra joy in that, that it's baked into the creation itself of like, Oh my God, he's gonna fall and break. He just fall down and broke his jaw. Oh, when Nunez in the in the ravine with the students. Yes, I knew she'd do something about bread, but that was a three or four days of being in the ravine, seeing what happens next. Like, just, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. Your question is a really pointed one for me. I don't actually. I haven't had all those years of a particular approach to the work to just be in a completely different space. It's like a liberation, but it goes so much deeper than that. It's like a wonder and awe that, yeah, it's very hard to explain. Mm -hmm. well, really, really, really compelling. I can tell you this, obviously you and I don't know each other very well, but I consume all the stuff that you make. And we've spoken a couple times over the years. Like you feel like a, you feel and sound and look in everything that you're doing like a giant ball of joy. So whatever this is, it seems like it's yeah. working in you in a magical way. And it is a delight yes. to watch you yeah. do your thing. Um, oh, thank you. That it, means a lot. Well, it's just, it's fun it, to me. Like, and I, I will say this to you and I, I hope you will accept it in the way that I'm saying it. One of the parts that I adore about you is that you have continued to show human beings that you say often there are no tangents, which I adore, but you also show like there aren't any rules that guide yeah, when good. or how you get to do when or what you want to do. And to watch you just show up with this, right? And it's like, who <laughs> saw that coming in 2023? Literally no one. No one saw that coming. No, I, I do. I distinctly remember writing it and it's we're 10, 20, 30,000 words in and thinking, no one is asking for this. <laughs> no publisher will publish this. If I take this in, this is the most vital, significant, heart-opening, creative experience I've ever had. And any publisher that I took that to would be like, uh, this isn't a Rob Bell book. And I'd be like, but, I, but I'm <laughs> Rob Bell. I'm... I don't I get to decide? <laughs> it, was the, it was so surreal. Such a trip. Like, how is this? Yeah. 
<laughs> when we when we think about Nunez and Diltud and Heen as a as a triad, yeah. right? Yep. Yep. Was and again, knowing that that the characters kind of have a life of their own in this process that you're doing, did did you visualize Nunez and Diltud being opposites till they weren't? Because that's kind of the sense I got that they were two parts of his subconscious that were manifested as real people that are giving him two perspectives on the world. You know, Dills is this joy filled. Everything is amazing. Isn't today wonderful. It's a gift for you to explore. I'm wearing pink. Right. And then Nunez is like, you idiot. Like this is how the world works. We're governed by governor people who pay us money. Right. And right. And <laughs> like, and he's battling with these two, two things until we get to kind of the, the summit of the book. And then we're obviously off on whatever the next adventure will be. I do remember, that's a great question. I do remember thinking how enjoyable it would be if this guy starts to feel after <laughs> right. decades of numb, but what he feels isn't a warm, fuzzy love for a unified creative field. He feel and all humanity included, what he feels is just supernatural irritation. Like he's feeling the feels, but it's just this guy, this presumed familiarity. And then this <laughs> woman shows up. She's like... Just when he's like, she's just like almost like the cold dose of this. Nice that you're having your little Furtis party, right. happy dance. <laughs> but like, hey, I'm here to remind you, champ. <laughs> so I did like him being just provoked. Um, and she has, and then the double, triple layer, her menace and what she's actually come to do. But then also, he's just flat out finds her just super like compelling like oh my god I, I kind of love her but i also hate her i right, just right love this guy just getting just wrecked in every way that just was really felt right <laughs> the other question that i've been dying i was I, this is actually the question i was dying to ask you oh good um is randy ai well it may i didn't uh it never occurred to me but it did make me laugh really hard when Nunez talks about her Randy and Randy she's you know she was telling me and he's like wait you have a Randy and it's a, a female right and and so, that's when I thought like okay maybe that's just like the artificial intelligence that they report to and it, it manifests itself in how whatever you want it to be I don't know that was just kind of how I read that when when I liked it so much more to think I just pictured a guy like a cigarette obviously a mustache <laughs> in a room somewhere like an FBI like windowless room yes and his job is just like <laughs> surveillance from 1962 but it's 2049 or whatever yes. it is yeah yeah like that yeah dressed like uh the sabotage video by beastie boys yes. just like a <laughs> like the creative brief says um also yeah. the, the creative director joke uh made me howl because that's the industry that i work in that is the one of the funnier lines in the entire book um <laughs> there's also a kind of a I don't know that i would call it a through line maybe you would there's a through line that's a, a love affair to earth that's happening here, mm -hmm. you know, good, where, where he is, he's enamored with these books about adventurers that are doing random things in and around earth. Um, and then he goes to this bookstore and gets this other. So I'm left thinking to myself, and maybe this is what I'm supposed to feel. I'm left feeling that this is a planet of, of people who are optimistic and can make change if they want to, but instead continually make dumb decisions to be a part of history that we will 
inevitably, and th this is the other part of the book that I think is interesting, inevitably repeat in a different fashion into the future, right? So as we get to the end of Furtis, we discover, or the end of the book, book one of Furtis, right? We're greeted with the fact that the chairs and the arrangements is just a different version of the terrible stuff that we're doing to the earth now. They've just evolved it into a different way of managing people. Obviously intentional, but is that... Am I feeling what I'm supposed to be feeling with that? Or was that just kind of a thing that Heen is oh, into? Oh, there's no supposed. There's no supposed. And this is what's interesting about the story. Any attempt by me to like, this is what this means, or this is what the reader should feel, supposed to feel, is like a trap door or like a sure. kneecap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The creation. So um, I just knew that they these guys were on this planet. So how did they... Why are they on What happened to the earth was literally just, well, that's just story background. It wasn't to say anything, but what I noticed about the earth didn't make it. And then he, he has this obsession with the earth he is a tremendous affection that actually sits for the earth. Um, it's almost like it didn't make it. It's like say, it's like speaking the unspeakable. Okay. It's like saying yeah. the thing that like, or, or even democracy, like when Strapong's like, yeah, demo some, democracy was an experiment. Some experiments failed. Like, like you think about January 6th, you think about these horrific, wait, is democracy actually even going to hold together here? Right. Or think about the world yeah, right yeah. now, the totalitarian regimes. It's a very, it's a very popular thing right now. The authoritarian, I'll, I'll clean up this mess. And up until a year ago, living in Los Angeles, where same with Portland, Seattle, San Francisco, there are elements of chaos on a massive scale that are like, this could somebody please just come fix this um and what exchanges would people make to whatever clean up the streets etc sure. etc yeah, yeah. like i just saw that in the story and when sir pong sort of says to yeah cultures make exchanges yeah because like singapore there's no encampments in singapore you just swap out whores right right <laughs> yes yeah. but you're a tourist and you whatever smoke a joint and you're yep. in prison for four years, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, so that just was super compelling to me to, as the story unfolded, like, Oh, there exchanges. Yeah. That is what this that is. That is a thing. <laughs> exchanges in the arrangements is every, that's what is happening in all these situations. And it, but it's like, almost like you stumble into that in telling the story, not, Oh, I want to make a point about that. Yeah, no, and it very much felt like it was one part hobby and one part when he's referring to these stories, you get the sense that there are other people in the galaxy that feel this way, right? When he goes to the bookstore and, and she's like, oh, oh you're, right. you're one of those, right? You're one of those people that... He's like, wait, this is a this is a thing? You she's romanticize like, oh, yeah, the, the olden days on that planet we don't talk about. Oh, and then when she says that, and she said, you know, my theory is that you, it's generally pilots because the vastness of the universe has you longing for something simple. And he's like, it's like a totally spot on. You get, he's yep. like, it's a totally spot on theory. He's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got me. But anyway. <laughs> One of the other things that I thought was really interesting was some of the word choice. Um, and I've always, because I've, I, I know that sci-fi is not a thing that you jam on. So this is why this is also such a wonderful way for you to express the story. But I find that for whatever reason, when we go to the future, when you, you know, when you're watching Star Wars, all of the humans in Star Wars, for whatever reason, have British accents. British, right. 
they live in flats and use trainers as opposed to shoes and apartments. What like was there? Was there a there there, or was that just an affinity for those words? Because I also think trainers is a better word than tennis shoe, uh, but I don't yeah. know that. Obviously, there's a, my absolute enduring love for British culture just can't help but find its way in. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So my last question before I let you go is... Um, you have gifted us with this amazing book, Where'd You Park Your Spaceship? So thank you for that. And I'm wondering, given the fact that you've gone through this whole process, has there been a, or maybe there's a number of surprising things you've learned about yourself this year that you didn't expect to going through this process of making the book, self-publishing, doing interviews the way that you're doing them? Like it's all, it all feels like it's very new in the way that you've yes. typically done it. And I'm wondering if, if there's anything stood out as I've learned this about me this year and I'm happy to bring that into next year. That the question, how, how would I do it? Is like the most interesting question. How would I do it? Like here's an example. Here's a very granular example. Every single other book I've ever published, I had a discussion with the publisher about how making the font big. Please make the <laughs> font really big because I really want when people open a book to have the experience of thinking they could read it. That's like a very profound psychological effect of like, got it. And not one publisher. Cause well, that would make the book more pages and that would be more expensive per book. So no. Um, but that's like mattered to me. Yeah. 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 Like Matt and, and these, why do these things in our lives? Certain th the backyard needs to be landscaped that way. Or you like, think about all the things in your life where you're like, no, for some reason it has to be a certain way. And we rationalize and we avoid and we repress and we are like, no, no one makes, I should, I don't want to be the person making a big deal about that or that would hassle it. But then the number of people who are like, thank you for the larger font. Yeah. I would, I mean, I, you know, I, like I said, I wasn't going to talk about Stephen King's pencil, but the, the way in which this thing is laid out is also totally brilliant and it makes it feel, um, it makes it, it almost gives it a flow state if, that's an okay yeah. compliment to give you where it feels like I'm yeah. just, I'm just in it. I'm not grinding, mm -hmm. you know, cause when they're smaller, you're reading a historical fiction. Um, I'm trying to think what was the, uh, what was that incredible book you recommended probably two years ago? Uh, the like nautical Norwegian book, but it was, Oh, we the drown we the drown yes we the drown that's exactly what it was yeah um, astonishing novel it's an astonishing novel but it's work yeah it's work it's like it, running stairs yeah it's like if you have a trainer trainers <laughs> like today we're doing stairs yeah, you're, you're like, like oh, oh god. god here we go <laughs> i'll feel great i'll be in great shape but wow i gotta run stairs yeah um so yeah your question i think of that very granular detail oriented answer to a larger for some reason we get these ideas and visions and you stick to it because it's it's ultimately a spiritual act it's it's a gift you want to give you, for some reason you got an idea about how to do it where did that come from well and then you follow it and trust it and you find out that it means something to others in the same way it meant something to you and it's all to me in some ways after doing this for this many years it's more mysterious and wondrous than ever and this was like a whole nother a whole nother dimension of trust and just trust it and follow it 
yeah, just trust it and follow it. And that, and like I had, I did know when I, a couple friends read early drafts and were like, I can't, I'm so wrecked. I can't talk about it for a couple of days. Just give me a minute. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. It's doing to them what it did to me. Because I was like, you're either crazy, you have this like, like I'm just, this is <laughs> right, it, or right. indulgent or whatever kinds of words. But then you just learn, no, no, I go far enough inside myself to find all kinds of people. It's remarkable, my friend. Um, and I, I oh, cannot wait. I cannot wait uh, to see where this goes next. I mean, who knows? There may, there may right away here in the next few days, you might be able to get a piddle, piddle, piddle coffee mug. You I'm might in, be able to get a, I'm into a it. t-shirt that says you messed with the wrong series five. <laughs> you might be able to purchase a shirt that says in big letters, heen who grows bears I, just inside baseball. Yes. I love this. I love this. <laughs> so let me, I, I lied. Let me ask one last question based on your answer. You know, a, a Rob who now starts leads with how would I do it? What do you think that does to you? long-term right like you've started this journey and now you like now everything's a question which seems like that's exactly what we all want in life is that everything is a question what do you think that does to you and I'm, I'm sure people don't normally ask you that because you're asking other people that but I wonder what do you think that does to you I can see in many ways how this was always the question but we we just keep growing into greater fullness of who we actually are because you're like it's not like that wasn't me five robs ago. Right. It's just, so there's some sort of mystery in which you're only ever able to be yourself. And yet you keep finding yourself being more yourself. Um, but I, uh, I, I, yeah, I've been making all kinds of new, I've been doing all these paintings that somehow like almost like years and years of words and barely using like painting is, like about color which has its own sort of language so um i'll keep yeah i'll keep i'll keep following stuff <laughs> i love it it's, who knows actually my answer to your question would be i don't know i i don't know that's what that's what makes it so interesting well my friend uh thank you so much for the time it's been an absolute pleasure having your questions were wonderful thank I mean, you there were a couple of things you pointed out that were like oh, i've never even seen that that is great <laughs> Have a wonderful weekend, my friend. Thank you.